and welcome to another episode of the Film As We Know It podcast, the show that's run by and for cinema fans. I'm your host, Tim Callahan. With me, as always, is Zach Hamilton. What have you been up to, bud? Been up to a lot, man. I gotta tell you, it's been a minute since you've done one of our intros, and uh, I feel like you have another podcast or something, because you're coming in <laughs> real professional these days. I mean, oh, it's like... Oh, thank you. That copyright. My God, am I listening to the radio? What's going on? Start putting feelers out. I don't tell you. Get a demo reel cut up. There you go. I'm now on the radio officially. Oh, yeah. Sad how people on the radio end up having to put their shows on podcast form because podcasts are more popular than probably they are on radio in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I listen to uh, the Michael K show podcast because I don't have access to New York radio, really. So I yeah, listen to right? the podcast. Yeah, it's crazy. I do it a lot with like a lot of the BBC radio when they do interviews and stuff. They end up being real viral clips. But I'm not listening to it, obviously, on Radio 1. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what I've been up to? Well, a lot, actually. I'm moving to Florida uh, this week because this episode, theoretically, and, we'll, and I aim to, to get it done, uh, is airing Thursday. We're recording Tuesday. Uh, so this week, on Sunday, I'm driving down to mother effing Florida mm. with a car full of clothes and random boxes and a TV and some an air mattress because we don't have our furniture yet. <laughs> I had to go down early because I had to start teaching in person uh, earlier than we can move everybody down. Obviously, with little man in school still and soccer and all that stuff, it just made more sense to wait to move everybody. Right. But uh, yeah, and then I had, speaking of curveballs, um, I am now teaching already. So that's awesome. I am uh, I'm getting the full teacher experience. You know, what is it? Teachers usually start off as substitutes and then they work their way in. Or something of that matter. I don't know. It depends. Not really as much these days since there's such mm. a teacher shortage. Fair um, enough. Yeah. A lot of people just get thrown in at this point. Well, that's kind of me. So they were like, sweet, you're going to be teaching in April. I'm like, awesome. And it'll be in person. Great. Cool. And then I got a phone call and they're like, hey, would you like to uh, fill in for this class? I'm like, sure. You know, I'm trying to be helpful, of course, obviously. And uh, yeah. And so now I'm like teaching a super technical compositing class, which thank God I know what I'm doing. Um and that I've maintained my skills as a compositor, uh, which is an artist job. What I normally have been doing for the past five years has been production, like being a producer. So definitely a change. And now I'm teaching people. What is how does that work? Since you said you weren't doing it via Zoom, are you remote? Like, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, we talked about that uh, in our pre-show. Yeah, no. So I'm not doing it through Zoom. So it's still a Zoom format. We do it through Canvas. They operate through Canvas, and then. They've got their own kind of conference system, which is nice. So what we'll do is we'll do a uh, a standard uh, lecture that I record. Right. Uh, and then I'll kill it. We'll have a 10 minute break and then I'll uh, make another conference that's like a lab time kind of thing. Yeah. So we're all everyone has to still be in that meeting. There's not so much dialogue. There's a lot of chatting back and forth in the chat. But it's really just a place for them to work on whatever the project is that's based on the lecture I just gave for the day. And if they have questions, they can screen share. Or I can screen share to answer questions, stuff like that for the remainder of class. I so. know Canvas very well. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So but I love it. I've been getting like really into it. I, I like the announcements features. And I, it's like I'm by the time I'm a master of Canvas, it's not going to be necessary because I'll be teaching in person. But, you know, I feel good about it. But you never know. There could be a good reason, you know. Yeah. You still might want people to turn stuff in via Canvas instead yeah. of in person. So there's still still good use to it. It's definitely a lot more functional and operational than when I used it in college because it was definitely more in its infancy than, than it is now. I yeah. still remember Blackboard days. So and then Canvas like edged them out. Yeah. I've used so many different ones at this point. I can't even keep up. But Yeah. And so that was it's been fun, though. We had a really good first day. It was kind of just getting to know the students. I uh, introduced myself as well as kind of get to know them a little bit. And then today was like the first actual day of lecture where I had an actual course uh, set up and then a project to accompany it. So, Ooh. yeah, getting into the weeds, but still film related. It's film school. So there you sure. go. Um, but yeah, so it's been it's been fun. So it's kind of ironic. I was like, oh, I need to. I need to get to Florida a little early so I'm, I'm I'm ready so I can, you know, go to class and everything. I mean, I'm only shadowing for the next two weeks when I'm actually there in person because that's the class I'm going to be teaching because it's not the same class. Mm -hmm. But now I'm also teaching in the morning. So I teach in the morning, have lunch, and then I shadow for the back half of my day uh, once I get to Florida. So it's a nice full schedule. And then I'm also 
building a course right now for the school as well. So really jumped into education system full on. There you go. <laughs> Academia. There you go. Yeah. So, but it's been entertaining. It's been fun. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, yeah. What have you been up to, man? Uh, well, uh, you know, still doing the uh, other podcast with Patrick, the Film Bros Championship podcast. So that's going well. And uh, coaching. So the fall swing into varsity boys lacrosse mm. uh, at the high school level. So. It's going well though. We're four and one. Whoa! I'd say it's going great. Yeah, we won. Uh, we won tonight before we did this uh, recording. So I can't. I can't complain. Hey, I canceled practice tomorrow to give everybody a little bit of break, and then I got two more games to finish out the week, and then it's St. Patrick's Day. All right. Hey, there you go. Got to talk about that on the podcast. With oh, the of boy course. Patrick. It's like, oh, my own day. My own holiday. I don't know if he rewatches as much, <laughs> but it definitely is a family tradition, at least for the rest of the family, uh, to watch The Quiet Man. So mm. got to get The Quiet Man in on your St. Patch Day with a Guinness, you know? There you go. There you go. Love it. Love it. Well, speaking of films, I think it's time for us to shift gears here uh, and start talking about the Oscars. So last episode, we touched on our predictions and some of our hot takes going into the Oscars. Yep. The Oscars have now since aired. And uh, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, and so I say the best way to do it is we'll just go through our picks. As we go through the picks, if we've got hot takes, we'll we'll lay them all out. Get into some of the drama, into some of the good speeches, some of the eh. And uh, all the good, the bad, the ugly. There you go. Keep yeah. In the vein of that. Are we going to go in the same order as we did last time, pretty much? Sure, we can, if you'd like. I mean, whatever you want. I don't know. It's up to you. No, it's all good. Let me go ahead and get it up here. I've got the winners, and I've got... Well, that sounds terrible. Everyone's a winner if you got nominated. There you go. <laughs> uh, but I have the actual winners. You're too nice. <laughs> well, it, it really side-pointed there, and I go, and I have the actual winners, though. The <laughs> real winners, the ones that actually won. Um, all right, cool. So we've got actor in a leading role. Now, you said Colin Farrell, right? Correct. Yeah. And I said Colin Farrell because I just didn't feel not that I don't like Brendan Fraser. Sure. And I want and that would have if I were choosing in a manner that was like, oh, this is who I want to win, uh, which we'll get to that because some of your personal choices got some good resolve there. Uh, I would have chosen Brendan Fraser. Uh Brandon Fraser won, dude. Yeah, I'm su surprised because I can't find anybody who's either seen or seen it and liked the movie. Really? So, yeah, I can't find many people that I actually enjoyed and really liked the movie and was that blown away by it. It was kind of like, yeah, Brandon Fraser, Fraser was was awesome, but like, eh, you know, like I so I'm just kind of surprised it's such a mad movie that I can't find a single person that really likes it mm. or seen it. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that they went with Brent Fraser. And I think it was more about a Hollywood story here. He won mostly because of everybody was just excited to have him back because he is such an awesome actor. We all greatly missed him. It's just I'm not so sure. <laughs> like, I, to be fair, I didn't see the movie, so I, I can't really go on it too much. But like, I didn't want to go out and see the movie because of how much of a bummer it looked like. So I'm, I'm just yeah. kind of surprised that that's why it went with it. Yeah, well, I, I feel you there. Uh, he had quite the amount of uh, of whale references, to say the least, in his speech. Uh, and let's see what he goes. Um, bu -bu 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 -bu. I'm curious here. One second. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, he started with, I want to tell you that whales can swim at a depth of the talent or, uh, of Hung Chow. So there you go. There's another whale reference there. Interesting. Um, let's see. You laid your whale sized hearts bare so that we could see into your souls like no one else could do. And it's my honor to be named alongside you in this category in reference to the other actors nominated. Um, he talked about his girlfriend as his best first mate, Jeannie. Um, yeah, there was definitely he, he had a. It's like on the one hand, it seemed not rehearsed. And on the other hand, it's like with that many whale references, I feel like this is a practice speech. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I'm not going to fault anybody. I mean, God forbid. I mean, I, I I worry about it all the time. We were watching the VES Awards. I was like, oh, my God, if I won, I'd be freaking out. And we talked about this, too. Like if James because James Cameron is on your way walking up 
Yeah. That'd be so like that would totally like that's a perfect example of like having something planned out in your head. And then James Cameron randomly high fives you or shakes your hand. And then you're like, uh, what was I about to say? You know, like, cause yeah. that's, that's enough of a trigger to be like, oh my God, by the way, James Cameron was not there. He's probably like, I mean, he seems like such a down to earth and he's such a good actor too. On top of it, I feel like Great, even if it was prepared, it could probably still pull off as pretty genuine. Oh, it was definitely genuine. And he kind of reminds me of like, Oh, I don't want to say this in a bad way. I, I say this with a uh, with love in my heart, but you can tell he's such a nerd in a way, too. Yeah, because like he started and goes, oh, so this is what the multiverse looks like when that was the first thing he said when he got on the stage and he grabbed his Oscar, because uh, I don't think that even he probably thought that he was going to win. Um, mm. So I thought that was kind of cool and funny. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I this is not a category that really. I know that you have your opinion based on, you know, just general reviews of the film um, or people's feelings on it. But that's not one that really shocked me too much. Um, no, it didn't shock. Yeah, me. that one. That one. Was okay. Oh, I mean, it was surprising that uh, it it won for again. It didn't win for or nominated for really anything else. So it just goes to show you that not everybody loves the movie. So that was kind of the weirdness of it. Well, we'll get to that because it was nominated in some other areas. Um but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so moving on, we've got actor in a supporting role. We both cho- chose uh, Ki-Hu Kwan. Yep. And he won. Yep. And he is my favorite person, dude. Like, he's like, <laughs> you want to talk about genuine? Oh, my gosh. Like, and then you see him. There's a there's the Oscars, but then there's always like they interview after mm-hmm. uh, they come off the stage. There's like an after, you know, Q&A for about like, you know, five to ten minutes. And he just comes in and he's just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, he's like, I I won an Oscar. And he like looked at the camera like one of the first things he said was that he goes, my mom is 84 years old. She's at home watching. Mom, I just won an Oscar. Like, come on. You know, like how awesome. Yeah. But who was the uh, presenter? um, Oh, yeah, it was. um, Oh, gosh, it was the best supporting actress and actor from last year. Um, And I cannot remember his name, but I loved him in the movie. Um, Oh, I'm having Coda. Um, But it was the um, the Well, I don't want to say the deaf actor, but it was which was also really cool that they had him as a presenter. I think that was really uh, awesome choice. And then I can't remember um, the actress that was on the stage, which she was, I believe, from West Side Story from last year. Okay. I just was curious if like they had randomly Harrison Ford there or something. <laughs> no, they did not. But there was a moment of later in the show we can touch on where there's a nice little hug and like a little moment there, which I thought was kind of cool. cool. Um, so they definitely did play into that a little bit. But um, yeah, but something I, I did want to mention, though, that was crazy. And I guess I just didn't know enough about, you know, Key's journey. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like he's he says it like right at the beginning, right after he talks about his mom. And getting his Oscar, he goes, you know, my journey started on a boat. I spent a year in a refugee camp and somehow I ended up here on Hollywood's biggest stage. They say stories like this only happen in movies and I cannot believe it's happening to me. This is the American dream. Yeah. And uh, and it was just really cool. He had a really nice thing at the end where he's like, dreams are something you have to believe in. I almost gave up on mine. And to all of you out there, please keep your dreams alive. You know? Yeah. I, and, and like you felt it. I mean, I'm reading I'm reading copy here like a teleprompt. But I mean, his was so sincere. I mean, he was super emotional, obviously. And there's just so much on top of this going into this with the fact that this is his first movie as an actor coming back after such a huge break. He's been doing stunt coordination and assistant directing. Yeah. You know, he had he gave up on acting for a little bit. Well, for a while. But yeah, so that was that was great. We we did good there. So that's yeah. one out of two so far. Not yeah, too no. terrible. Not bad. Actress in a leading role. We've got Michelle Yeoh. So yeah, got that one. She also had a good speech as well. Very humble. Yeah, I think I saw a bit of that one uh, on Twitter. But um, she's definitely the one I wanted to win. I just didn't think they would win both categories in acting. So I didn't think the. You know, they'd have they dominate so much as they obviously did. So that's oh, what, that's the only reason why I didn't pick Michelle Yao. But I think that was my preferred choice. I just thought like everybody loves Kate Blanchett so much to the point where she's almost been like anointed as the next, you know, great actor or actress, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I thought Kate Blanchett would be the pick. So 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like the and this is what we've talked about with the Oscars. Sometimes they lean in a way where it's like, well, let's spread the wealth a little bit. And then sometimes people just dominate. Um, And that is definitely what happened for multiple movies, not just everything everywhere all at once, um, as we're going to get into here. Yeah. Um, Crazy. If you're just now finding out who won the Oscars, listen to this episode. It could be a service. Um, We're giving you all the insight. And now we're going to roll because that there was nothing really too exciting. I mean, obviously, it's great. Her mother also coincidentally was 84 years old and watching at home. Yeah. Um, Which is great. That's, you know, that's always a tragic part when you get these kind of uh, these awards is, you know, when they think their parents, sometimes their parents aren't there anymore. And it's like, oh, God, like it takes so long to get recognized in some cases for your hard work. And that's such a big momentous deal. And then to have your parents not be there is like just. It's so sad, you know, and so it was great that, you know, in these cases they were, yeah. um, you know, at least their, their mother, at least. But uh, yeah, and I will say, speaking of the momentous moment, man, we've watched so many award shows. That's what Jack's into. We watch them all. Grammys, Golden Globes, uh, SAG Awards, VES Awards. We try to watch them all if we can. The Oscars hits different, man. It just it's a it. You know, it's the Oscars because the production value alone Oh, my gosh. Like, this is probably and I I really cannot undersell this enough. Probably the best production design and overall, like, just effort that went into the LED wall panels that they had throughout the the theater. They also had um, all the seating had uh, LED light bars behind them that interacted alongside the walls and the actual main screen. And then what was really cool is when they were talking about. Uh, whatever was the, the nominations, they had it almost integrated as if they were posters on the wall. They had this really cool, uh, like outside movie theater kind of, uh, you know, signage that you would have where you put the black letters on, um, which I th- I don't know. It was just really cool. And then like when the move when they were showing a movie, all the colors in that room kind of interacted with it. You know, it was it was really cool, man. It was wild. It was it was a it was a treat. Immersive. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel definitely. Speaking of the theater, definitely had his. Uh, I you know it's so funny in my mind. I thought he was kind of a safer comic to go with. Not so safe. Uh, he had some <laughs> crazy zingers, some surprise ones that I was like, oh man, we go in there. Uh, he definitely talked about James Cameron not being there, which I thought was hilarious. And he talked about Tom Cruise and he goes, it's kind of ironic that the two people that really encourage everybody to go to the theater couldn't be bothered to come to this theater. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, oh, man, we're going there. We're in it. All right. Hot takes. At least, you know, nobody got slapped. So it sounds like it's already an improvement. Yeah. And they talked about that, too. And then he had like and I think we were like two and a half hours. He's like, kind of wish he had the slap now. Huh? It's been a while. Been here for a while. Could be nice. A little bit of extra stuff there. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, anyways, so moving on some of the extra stuff that happened, I'm trying to keep my levels down and sorry if I'm spiking, but I'm watching it. It's going all over the place. Uh, actress in a supporting role talking about some drama. No oh boy. So we both chose Angela Bassett, which I felt like, honestly, I'm going to start by saying this. Jamie Lee Curtis is a fantastic actress. She's a hilarious individual. She is the kind of person that I would want as a friend. Or like an aunt, I feel like she's like that cool aunt vibes, uh, and she's got some amazing roles in her in her uh, repertoire, her resume, yeah. if you will, right? Her CV, her filmography. Do I think that Sausage Fingers and uh, did you finally see the movie? Oh, I saw the whole movie. Yeah, okay, I good. saw the whole thing. And do I think that Sausage Fingers emotional scenes? And, um, you know, crazy IRS lady trying to attack you from a different universe. If I do, I feel like that's the role to win an, uh, an Oscar in a category as big as this. No, I still don't. And there's a lot of people that were like, oh, whatever. People are just hating. Haters going to hate. No, I'm sorry. But here's the deal. I'm not upset that Angela Bassett didn't win. I'm upset that Stephanie and Sue didn't win. Okay. Yeah. Or even Carrie Condon or Hung Chow. I feel like all of those performances were better suited for this. And it's not just about giving a big speech, an empowered speech or something. Right. Like that's not what's going to win you an Oscar. But look at Stephanie. She had everything. She had the humor. She had the drama. She had the emotion. Now, you, yeah. on the other hand, are kind of a little bit up in the air on her acting a little bit. 
Me? As to how, well, yeah, you, you no. mentioned that it was. Now no, you like she, her? No, she was my pick. I want. Okay. I thought Angela Bassett would end up winning. Oh, I'm talking but, about Stephanie Hsu. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I thought oh, Angela okay. Bassett would end up winning, but my personal pick of who I wanted to see was Stephanie. Super I might be thinking about my my fiance Jacqueline here. I apologize. Oh no, I thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I did also too. love Hong Chow, but I don't like. I didn't see the whale, but I loved her yeah. in the menu. But um, there were some some great actresses here, obviously, and Jamie Lee Curtis is great. But I agree with you. Um, it was a lifetime achievement award. That's what she won. That yeah, and that's that's not fair to the other people in the category. I am okay with a lifetime achievement award if there's really not much of a better option. Mm-hmm. Right, I get it. That um, I, I can I can get behind that. But there but we were stacked were, this year. Yeah, there actually were better options. And yeah, I, I get it. She's a great actress. She's done so many great things, as you said. Um, but it just seems weird to get a lifetime achievement award when there were so many people that did such good stuff. Well, and it's such a um, big category. I mean, these yeah. are the top categories here. These aren't like not to, to you know, discourage or kind of, um, I don't know, talk bad about the other categories or anything. Yeah. Uh, or demean them but you know this is a big one and like steph was like really positive when it cut to her you know who wasn't positive angela bassett yo yeah they cut to her and it was like i ain't clapping i ain't smiling <laughs> like it was it was an intense look and i was and at a certain point i'm like oh man jacqueline mentioned this when we were watching she goes oh she has to sit there for the rest of the show because it was such an early category that got announced and like, just think about that and try to like be positive for the, like the next two and a half hours. Yeah. Like with that stewing in your head, I'm like, oh, man, you know. Yeah. So many of these roles, you're going to remember more than Jamie Lee Curtis and everything oh, yeah. everywhere at once. You might forget that she was in that movie, but she, it's kind of hard to forget Angela Bassett's role in Wakanda Forever to yeah, give her no. a lot of credit. Like it was pretty powerful stuff. And, and again, yeah, Stephanie Zhu, like, come on. That it was clearly a better performance. And so that and that's just insulting. I feel like she got robbed because yeah. she's a younger actor that doesn't have the experience that Jamie Lee Curtis did. And they're like, well, how many more opportunities is she going to have versus someone like, you know, Stephanie Sue, uh, you know, hopefully will have. But at the same time, it's like this is a big deal, you know, and I do think that she put out a better performance. If she had won, I feel like the Internet would have been a lot less um, judgmental. I think if anyone had won. Outside of Jamie Lee Curtis, they would not have been as judgmental. Obviously, there was a lot of people uh, talking about potentially it being a race thing, which there's always the possibility. But honestly, you know what? I think it was more than anything. I think it was a comics thing. And I think it's just Hollywood's inability to really come around to the idea of comic book movies there. Yes, you can have your costume design awards. You can have your visual effects nominations. Sure, we'll nominate you. But you're not going to win one of the big categories. That's just not going to happen. Unless you die. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Right. Right. Heath Ledger. Um, I agree. Uh, hands down. And and I would also argue that Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan's uh, comic book movies are not what Hollywood has a problem with. I think they have a, a problem with these seven or eight comic book movies that come out a year right. that are coming through a factory system. I'm not saying that they're bad. They're fantastic films. Don't get me wrong. And it's a genre and they're killing the genre for sure. But Christopher Nolan's movies, if you put them side by side, they're not the same. Sure. I don't feel like they are tonally. Sure. Yeah. Now, you again, and, and even if you look at something like, for instance, perfect example would be Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's not the same as Batman v Superman or any of the other DCEU movies. Like it's sure. a totally different tone. Kind of same stuff with Joker, right? Obviously more of a serious one, sure. And and that did really well. Yeah. Right? So that's what I'm getting at. Uh, so I think it was more to do with that, unfortunately. But we'll see. Time will tell. Well, yeah, I mean, even if you don't want to go with Angela Bassett, though, again, there are other more deserving ones, too, than Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Although, again, I, I get the argument that it was a Lifetime Achievement Award, and I would have been fine with that, again, if it wasn't in such a strong category year. It's just weird. Uh, we move into animated feature film now. Nailed it. And Guillermo del Toro won with Pinocchio. So we were right on that. Yeah, we both got that. They had a great yep. speech. They talked about, you know, how excited they are to see, you know, this form of animation style still being loved and appreciated and to be nominated and to ultimately win uh, animated feature film was such a big deal. You know, stop motion goes back to the very earliest days of Hollywood. You know, and to see it still thriving and to see a, a renewed interest in it is awesome. 
So they kind of touched on that. And like I've mentioned before, Guillermo del Toro's next project is also going to be uh, for Netflix, at least another stop uh, motion picture. So I think that's great. Um, but I love Guillermo del Toro. I had a student in class. I'm not going to say his name, his or her name. We'll, we'll keep it. Well, I already said his. <laughs> I won't say his name. And God forbid if he listens to this, but said he didn't know who Guillermo del Toro was. And I I, I was shocked. I was shooketh. How do you not know who Guillermo del Toro is? I mean, like, yeah, I, I can understand maybe not Pan's La- or Pan's Labyrinth, but Hellboy, OG Hellboy, Ron Perlman Hellboy. Well, I mean, I guess it just depends. Like if you're kind of like a film movie person and you're going into that as your career, you think you'd know who Guillermo del Toro is. I'll say what I said to him after I jokingly kind of gave him some crap in class uh, is that I've also worked with producers that haven't even seen movies like The Godfather right. or Jaws, and they're literally in meetings talking about what they want a director wants for a film. They're like, yeah, it's like Godfather meets like Blade Runner or whatever. And then they're just like, nah, their head like, yeah, totally. I totally get it. And then afterwards being like, I have to watch those movies now because I don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, dude, you're like agreeing to stuff. And you don't know what you're agreeing to because you didn't know the movies. It's insane. It's your job to know. Yeah. The student, not so much. But you should be a student of film if you're in film school. But couldn't hurt. Anyways, um, cinematography, achievement in cinematography. Ooh. We so. OK, so so far, let's go back to that real quick. Let's roll back. Uh, actors in a supporting role. We both chose Angela Bassett. Um, she did not win, obviously. So we were wrong on that one. And we feature Guillermo del Toro. We did win that one or we were right on that one. Yep. Cinematography. I don't remember what you chose. What did you choose? All Quiet on the Western Front. And I chose All Quiet on the Western Front and All Quiet on the Western Front began. It's awesome evening at the Oscars. Yeah, it had a good night. Yeah. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Fantastic film. Definitely a movie worth watching on a big screen if you can. It's it. I mean, it's epic. It is epic. Uh, I know that they've had issues, as you've brought up on the show, with the source material and not following right. it as closely, but as a movie and as a film. Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, costume design. Now, we're going in order of what we went in order last time. Right. So these might not be in order of how they were announced, but uh, I chose everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and actually, hold on a second. Let me double check because I kind of went off the rails there. Yes, I was right. Cinematography, they did win. I was going off of my memory here. I'm like, oh, I should probably double check the list and make sure. <laughs> I'm like, and we did great. Yeah, we won them all. Uh, costume design. Uh, you chose, did you choose Black Panther? No. Well, who won? I don't remember. Well, I chose everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. Who did you choose? I chose Elvis. You chose Elvis. We were both wrong. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever won. Yeah, that was shocking. I uh, went to Ruth Carter. So not a surprise there. They've won in the past. So I don't know. I just I just wasn't completely f- floored by Black Panther's costume work. But yeah, you mentioned some uh, some kind of you know, gimmicky, you know, not not so great outfits for some of the villains. Yeah, well, and the uh, angels or whatever towards the end um, that what's your name goes into. I didn't really love the look again. I know it's supposed to be comic book accurate, but I didn't I didn't love the yeah. way it looked. Well, it's like the Red Sky in, uh, what is it, um, Justice League, the original Justice League. I prefer the dark blue sky, and then they switch it to Red Sky to be more comic book accurate. And uh, I didn't like it, personally. But, say la vie. We go into directing. So we've got some big categories we're jumping into here, but we go into directing. Yeah. And we show Steven Spielberg. Yep. Um, for directing. What did, we both chose him, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, we were wrong. Yep. Uh, the Daniels. Destroyed. Yep. G- going with the theme of everything, everywhere, all at once. They were taking everything, everywhere, all at once this evening. Yeah, man. Uh, that was spectacular. He was wearing an awesome suit. Um, and he, I'm, of course, referring to. It won like the most awards in like years, right? Didn't it? It it's is like the most awarded film. I don't know in history, but definitely this year. Well, I know this year, but I, I think it's been a few years that anybody's gotten the amount that they got, too. Oh, it was nuts. There's some other stuff we'll get into as we get to the end. Some yeah. kind of interesting accolades, too. But uh, Daniel Kwan had, like, the most epic suit. It was funny because Jacqueline goes, and again, this is just very much, like, whimsical talking here. I don't ever expect to get an Oscar, but who knows? Now that I've got time and I'm writing again, I might get a screenplay in there. Who knows? But uh, 
yeah, she was like, what kind of suit would you wear? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever my publicist says. I mean, you know, but in my mind, I think I would like something kind of a navy with a black tie, white yeah. shirt. I think it's kind of a sharp look. However, the styling is, I'll leave that up to whatever's best. But he came out there with this super flashy red suit with like crazy yellow and green embroidery on it on the shoulders. It was epic. It was like super Texas, had a bolo tie and everything. I loved every bit of it. It was it was epic. It might have been my favorite uh, tuxedo of the night, if I'm being wow. honest. So there you go. So far, I see is Gravity in 2013 also had seven wins. Okay. Uh, that would be the most recent one that had that many that I can wow. see at least. Oh, well, yeah, there's some crazy stuff here. Um, we're going to go real quick into documentary feature film. We had no selection on this because we had not seen them. I still chose when I did the ABC app uh, and I chose Navalny, which was the one that ended up winning. And then a documentary short film again. We had no selection, but the winner went to The Elephant Whispers, which is also my selection when I filled out the app. I actually did really well. Uh, I, not on here. I didn't pick. But after, like, and, and again, you had to fill it out before, so I just was like, screw it. I'm going with what I want. I'm not going with what I think is going to win. I'm going with what I want on this one. And uh, I should have done that. I think I would have done better. Uh, now we roll into film editing. Now this one, we did have a selection. I chose everything everywhere all at once. What did you choose? Same. And that's what won. I think understandably, if you've seen that film, there's a lot going on and to be able to keep that rhythm, uh, is a big deal. And that's not an easy feat at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so totally. And that went to Paul Rogers for film editing, um, international feature film. Now we still made a selection on this. Um, but I, you know, again, I was just like, eh, it was kind of out of a whim because I'd heard a lot of really good things about Argentina, um, 1985 and guess, and what did you choose again? All quiet on the Western front. Yeah. You did better than I did so far. Cause that was who won. Yeah. Continuing their reign, uh, all quiet on the Western front wins international feature film. We get into makeup and hairstyling. Now, this is an interesting one. So I chose Black Panther. Who did you choose? Uh, I also chose Black Panther for makeup and hairstyling. Okay. You'll have to forgive my memory. We don't record these back to back. So, <laughs> um, but that went to the whale. Yeah. And I met, and we talked about this. We were talking about how like they all are warranted. Fat makeup still lives. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it's it's epic. And when they went on the stage for it, they actually had a a wide shot of Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie, uh, without a shirt on. And it's like, man, that's that's not easy to be convincing at that size and scale. And that's what we talked about. It's like, you know, on our last episode, it goes every single shot that he's in is a heavy amount of makeup that has to be convincing. Yeah, it can't look like a character. It has to look good and it has to remain consistent that's a lot. That's not an easy feat for an entire film of that length, no less. That's not an easy feat. So I think that that was warranted, but I was wrong on that one. <laughs> Original score. Now, I chose everything everywhere all at once based on some of our conversations. Um, what did you choose? Same. Okay. So original score went to All Quiet on the Western Front. And I got to tell you, man. Every time all, all Quiet One, they would play that that main theme, that boom, boom, boom. It's epic, man. It's epic. Sure. It's epic in the film, and like it was epic in the theater. I'm like, oh man. And it was so funny because every time I would hear it, I'm like, damn. I don't know. They might win original score because that's like a really iconic, like it's I like I'm being taken back to that film every time I hear them come up, and I'm like, damn, like it just resonates. And then they ended up winning original score. So there you go. Went to, I will try to say this, Volker Bertelman, Bert, Bertelman. I don't know. Uh, it's That's a tough one. I'm, I apologize. I don't, know. I don't have a phonetic spelling for it. So there you go. But uh, original song. Now, this is an interesting one. Everyone uh, performed. Now, I don't know if this was accurate or not, but Jacqueline was like shocked that Lady Gaga uh performed because apparently there was some uh something about her potentially not performing and i think it might have had to be doing with her role in the new joker film coming up and not uh perform because of that but she ended up performing 
Uh, I thought she did really great. I think that there was. Uh, oh, 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 we got to talk about this. Okay. Did you watch any of the performances? No. I didn't watch. Okay. I don't. I don't watch the word shows. Well, yeah, I know, but so you I YouTube it. stuff. You, you I, said you I saw something. I did see Michelle Yao's uh, Oscar speech. A little bit of okay. it. That was about it. Um, you got to do yourself a favor and look up the performance of "This Is a Life" from Everything Everywhere All at Once. It is. It is definitely in the theme, and I'm like, man, this is the most, the closest you're gonna feel to being on drugs in person as possible that at one point they came out with sausage fingers <laughs> um there were two singers i didn't know this speaking even more to what stephanie sue brought to the role she was the singer on that oh okay and so she actually performed on stage in the crazy white outfit that she has when she's near the, yeah. the bagel if you will in those scenes and then there was a man sing with her and i don't know his name um let me see if i can pull it up here on the win list because it has everybody listed uh okay here we go this is live so it was david it was either David Byrne or Ryan Lott. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was rough. It was really rough. It was distractingly bad. Like it was it was awkward. He also had crazy sausage fingers. I should also point out that we try to put Luca down early in an effort to be able to watch this as close to live as possible. Yeah. Which failed miserably and he ended up just falling asleep on the couch. But he was awake long enough to see The Rock on the red carpet, which then he was like, now I'm invested because he's a huge fan of The Rock. Didn't have really anything. And then his first big thing was at the beginning of the show. And then that was it for The Rock. So then he was like, all right, I'll check out. This song comes on. He goes, what's wrong with his hands? What's going on with his hands? Like he was like fascinated by how weird this guy's hands were because he had the sausage fingers. Yeah. Um, wild. It was weird. It was wild. She did great. Her singing was fantastic. His singing, on the other hand, it was just. And then it's like, you know, they're going to be announcing one of these songs as a winner. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. After that performance, if I pick that song, uh, Rihanna's was great. Uh, and then now we got to talk about it because so I chose Lift Me Up by Black Panther Wakanda Forever. You chose a personal pick. Yeah. Which was Natu Natu from RRR. Yes. Man, they all but re created that entire bollywood scene that makes me so happy to hear then if you haven't seen it you need to look up the performance at the oscars it's so dang close to the obviously not at the scale but so close to the actual like movie scene itself did you see our i've seen that scene because i was oh, looking okay. at the music you got to watch that whole movie that whole movie is fantastic it deserves more nominations so, it's okay, so good okay so 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 Jacqueline saw that performance and she was like, okay, you've been talking about this movie. I just saw something amazing. We now need to watch this movie. I'm like, yes, let's do it. So at some point, it's a blast. That movie's a blast. Before I leave or, you know, over, I guess, the internet when I'm gone, we're going to have to watch that movie. It's a long one, but it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason it was in my top my top list of movies of the year was was Mm -hmm. RRR. And I was annoyed it didn't get enough nominations. But yes, I was happy to see that. Oh, yeah, they won. It was epic. But uh, yeah, so original song went to Natsu Natsu from RRR. We're going to say best picture for last as we did in the past. Yep. We're going now into production design. I still have a problem with Avatar being nominated because it is entirely CG as far as the sets. But I mean, there's design that goes into it. But when I think of the category production design and you look at all the other categories, they're talking about actual look development and the actual design of the props and or of the set itself and the overall look on the stage or at the location what's being right. captured on camera not what's happening after the fact right so that's i guess maybe i have a misunderstanding or they've adapted this category a little bit since what i my understanding is but everyone chose it on the abc app um And I'm like, I'm not choosing it. There's no way it's going to win. I'm not choosing that. That's ridiculous. I don't feel like if I was I I still if I was on the voting board, would never pick that Uh, because, again, unless they've changed what it is. uh, You know what? Actually, okay. because I'm going on a tear about this. Let's look up uh, qualifications (laughs) for best production design at the Oscar uh, Oscar, because I'm curious if maybe I'm just off. I could be out of pocket here. 
recognizes achievement in art direction on a film. Yeah, I guess art direction can still be digital, right? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I guess I could see that. All right, maybe I'm a little out of pocket. I mean, to, to your point, though, I mean, maybe it is too broad, though. I guess. I and mean, it's not exactly fair to be comparing people who did and built and created real stuff and on sets to the people who are doing it digitally well we don't see other animated features like pinocchio being in that category right right true it's a good point which is also completely as a lot of it was cg some of it wasn't but we don't see them there either i would argue actually that would make more sense but there was a lot of cg for the actual environments themselves not the actual buildings, but the, the extensions of the, the environments. Maybe in the future, physical production design award and digital production design award. Yeah, add more awards. <laughs> well, you Let's could do some hours. of that. They, that's why the Oscars already has like a separate night of. They did not do that this year. They didn't? No, they brought them all back. They did every single award. Oh, no. And Jimmy Kimmel had a whole joke about that. And you asked for it. Uh, the people at home didn't ask for it, but you asked for it. So now we're going to be here for three and a half hours. So buckle in. Let's let's go. Kind of a thing. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Production design. I chose Fablemans. What did you choose, Elvis? Elvis, yeah. Yeah. It went to All Quiet on the Western Front. Again, continuing to kill it. And anything that they were nominated in. Yeah. So epic. Um, I mean, I feel like that's warranted, though. I don't have any problem with that. Um, your favorite for animated short film because of the name, My Year of Dicks, which by the way, <laughs> you know, Pedro Pascal, I feel bad for because he's been like the, he's deemed as the internet's daddy now. Mm. Like I just went down a whole like weird rabbit hole of like, uh, how I guess like everyone's like thirsting over Pedro Pascal. I mean, it's in fairness, Jacqueline is the same way. But like they're just always posting really derogatory like, oh, I feel like he's like my cool slutty father or something like that or whatever, like just weird stuff. That's disturbing. And uh, and he's kind of leaned into it to a degree. But the last thing that happened was, I guess, at the Disney premiere of Mandalorian, someone um, asked him to read thirst tweets. And instead of reading them out loud, he kind of just and she referred to him as daddy. She goes, hey, daddy. Um, yeah, she had him read inappropriate tweets so he read them and he goes okay yeah those are nice dirty dirty and then thanked her and then walked away like refused to actually read them and i'm like dude like time and place number one like that's super awkward you're at a disney premiere for a show that's arguably a family show like people watch this with their kids yeah it's disney do you really think that they want him reading crazy tweets like what i just told you about like being a slutty father or all kinds of other kind of super derogatory sexualizing comments about himself yeah, I don't think so. It's weird. It's super weird. And I feel bad for him. You know, like that's awkward. Like that's, you know, and I don't I don't know. It, there's a whole debate to get into that. But it's just ironic that then here he is in this category. He's got to be like, yeah, my year of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on. You're like, oh, Internet's daddy. He's perfect for this one. Um, but he laughed about it. He didn't even say it. He's like, well, you'll see. And then the announcer is like my year of dicks. And then it showed like a clip of it. It actually looked pretty cool. Hmm. Um, for what it's worth. Anyways, that went to the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Okay. So there you go. Uh, we did not make a selection for that one. Nope. Or live action. Yeah, but you had some fun stuff there, so I wanted to make sure you got it. Uh, live action short film went to an Irish goodbye. Okay. Congrats there. Now we get into sound. Now, I told you. I said, if ever there's going to be a category... That's going to be a nod to Top Gun. It's going to probably be sound. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know, best sound went to Top Gun Maverick. Now, did you choose Top Gun? No, I wanted the Batman to win. And that's what I picked. But I, mm -hmm. I agreed with you. I don't think you were crazy to say that statement at all. But uh, yeah, I made a pure what I wanted win pick. And it was I picked yeah. the Batman. So, but I totally get Top Gun Maverick winning. Yeah, and I was wrong on that one too. I had chosen Elvis. Mm. Um, but yeah, and they actually had fighter pilots fly over the theater at the beginning of the Oscars, which I thought was kind of another interesting nod. The expensive one. It had to win one. Oh yeah, they had to win one. It was too important to Hollywood this year for it not to win something. Uh, we get into visual effects. This is my bread and butter. And as much as you don't like... The movie Avatar or the franchise, I should say, because you mm. haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the sequel. I Well, yes, the sequel. Yeah. I told you it was going to win. There was no way it was not going to win. 
uh, literally revolutionized. It's one of those films. And I think that's one of the cool things about visual effects is that a lot of ways they're very groundbreaking. This is a thing in film in general. There's a lot of groundbreaking stuff that sometimes things that don't even exist have to be made just to make a film possible. It happens a lot with visual effects. And in this case, underwater motion capture, dude, I cannot even begin to explain or even fathom how intricate and complicated that must be to pull off. It's epic and it looks great. And I'll tell you this. They also premiered, speaking of water, the first actual trailer for Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Not digging it. Not digging it at all. It looks terrible. It's a cash grab to me. I probably wouldn't go see it. All the live action ones are cash grab. I think there's only one or two that are actually good. Yeah, there's some that are good. This one feels like it's the same thing as Pinocchio. I don't feel like Pinocchio was very good with uh, Tom oh, yeah, Hanks. Oh, yeah, it got trashed. Um, and again, I have no I have no issue. I thought Lion King sucked, but some people like that one, so I don't know. Well, but visually, at least, that was stunning. I mean, that looks like nature documentary. I guess. Um, well, so, I, I bring that up into question because we're talking about visual effects. We're talking about water specifically. Yeah. And again, and I don't uh, I don't care about the drama with the casting of Ariel. I have no issue with that. She does great. And her voice is great. I had no problem with that. I had the problem with the overall look and feel and direction of that film being my problem. Um, But uh, yeah, just the underwater scenes, just they don't sell that they're underwater. Mm. You know, it doesn't feel like you're underwater. Like you can tell that they're probably on harnesses on wires to simulate being underwater and they're adding it after the fact, which is the more traditional way of doing things, obviously. Sure. But it's just like when they're moving around in the water, there's no real bubbles. There's no movement in the water around them. Like it's just, it's hard to sell. And like, there's so much of that film that's going to be underwater. I have a problem with it. Fair enough. I don't know. From a visual standpoint, it would immediately turn me off from that film. I'm sure I'm going to end up seeing it because Jacqueline's a huge fan of Little Mermaid, but yeah, so is Meg. I'm not looking forward to it. I have not seen, so I cannot really comment. Now, you know who's got good water? Avatar Way of Water. You kind of have to have good water. If it's in the title of your movie, it probably should look good. Gotta have good water. What a statement. Uh, if if the audience, I know we're a, a auditory here podcast, but um, I give a metaphorical finger to James Cameron and that franchise. <laughs> whatever man <laughs> i'm just saying if your movie's gonna take place on the water underwater for most of the movie it should probably look good in the water or on the water essentially is what i'm getting at yeah no i get your point so but no uh <laughs> no uh po- what was it a nuclear power plant tank was used for this oh, though yeah, yeah, yeah. so at least there's that uh avoided that or bleaching of hair different tank but a little bit more safe i feel like um we move now into adapted screenplay I chose Glass Onion, Knives Out, Mystery. Here, I changed my selection to Women Talking for the actual app. You chose Women Talking, didn't you? I did. That's who won. So Women Talking won. Are you going to give yourself credit for that one? (laughs) No. No, because on the show, officially, I chose the wrong answer. Okay. All right. But uh, Sarah Pauly won that. So that was awesome. I still got to see that movie. I heard a lot of good things. Which was so awesome because she was, uh, we watched the red carpet stuff because Jack's into it all. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed her. And I felt so bad because it's like while they're interviewing, you can hear people freaking out when like massive celebrities are showing up. And then here she is. She's like a writer. And I feel like writers in a lot of ways kind of are a little bit. I wouldn't say bookish, but shy and like, you know, not accustomed to being, you know, they're not someone who's on on camera all the time. You know, they're a writer. It's, you know, more behind the scenes to a degree. Right. They're integral to a film even being made. It's a crucial role. Obviously, without a screenplay, what's a movie? Right. But um, it's so funny because they were interviewing her and you kept hearing people going off like some of the biggest celebrities were arriving and you could see the interviewer kind of getting a little like, OK, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hurry up because I'm going to miss this person. They're going to walk by like you can kind of tell no. they were getting antsy. And I felt so bad. And then, yeah, well, now who gets the last laugh? Right. Because she won uh, best at the screenplay. So that was great. Heck yeah. Um, original screenplay. I chose everything everywhere all at once. What did you choose? Same. And that's who won. Yeah. Again, continuing to kill. I'm pretty sure that's who won. Am I wrong? Yeah. You tell me. I didn't watch. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, original screenplay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, it went to the Daniels who wrote it. Okay. He wrote and directed. So they had a great night. Director and writing. And then we now get to Best Picture. And who won? And I chose 
I chose Banshees of Inner and I, I should not have chose Banshees. But what did you choose? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, well, you were right. Yeah. They won. <laughs> and speaking to what you asked about earlier with Harrison Ford and Kihu Kwan, he was actually the one that presented the award mm. uh, or brought the Oscar out. And uh, they had a nice little interaction and they actually hugged on the stage and everything, which was kind of cute. Uh, okay. nice. Yeah, because I remember um, on Twitter, uh, somebody was saying that as soon as the best picture pronounced or I think whatever, when they announced who was going to present the award and it said it was going to be Harrison Ford. Someone's like, I should have known then that it was going to be everything everywhere at once. And then my brother tweeted back like, yeah, I kind of knew when Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to best uh, present best picture back in the day that Titanic was going to be the winner. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, that that's one of those ones where it actually is a little bit obvious, right? Yeah. He's been having a great resurgence, by the way, outside of Indiana Jones. I mean, he had 1923, which apparently he was fantastic in. Yeah. Uh, he's in that new show on Apple TV called Shrinking, mm-hmm. which he's fantastic in. Like, And then obviously we've got the new indie film coming out. So, yeah. Epic. Can't go wrong with Harrison Ford. I love Harrison Ford. Yeah. Still rocking the earrings. He's a, he's a cool grandpa. He hasn't know? crashed his helicopter in a while, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's he's one of those old school badass kind of actors, kind of like Clint Eastwood, where if he looked at you the right way, you'd be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to go over here and beat myself up. You don't need to do it. I got it. I got this. It's cool. I shouldn't be here. I've made mistakes leading to this moment. So there you go. That's everything, everywhere, all at once at the Oscars. Boom. Killing it. And something that I wanted to mention as another interesting point to all the accolades, A24 as a whole, as a studio, is actually the first studio in the 95-year history of the Oscars to capture the top six awards at once with the four acting categories and director and picture. It ended up winning a total of nine trophies out of 18 nominations. Wow. Eat that, Weinstein. Woo. Right? And, I mean, we've said this all the time. We love A24 here at Films We Know It. I mean, they've got some spectacular films. They have no problem taking chances and risks with who they bring on as directors and the screenplays that they ended up turning into films. And, yeah, I mean, they're not all hits, but they're all interesting. Even if they're not a hit, they're at least like, man, what the hell did I just watch? You know, like, it's interesting. They're trying, yeah. They, they Yeah, they're going for it. So that's that's definitely a production company that I've been really excited about over the years. Yeah, man. And they're killing it, you know? So... Boom, there you go. That's the Oscars. How did you feel? Do you feel like you were, I mean, I think you did. I think we did overall pretty average. Let's be honest. Let's um, not overhype it. We did average. Yeah. We would have been better if we made our own personal choices instead of trying to think like what they think. We would have been better just making our own choices. Yeah, probably. If I didn't get in so in my head that I didn't think everything everywhere at once would, would be so dominant as it ended up being, I probably would have picked up maybe one or two more. But um I think to not seeing certain, although not seeing the Fablemans didn't hurt me. I was worried about that. Um, still a fantastic film, though. I highly recommend you check it out. Have you, have you seen it yet now? The Fablemans? No, I still need to. I was going to, and I, I ran out of time, um, and I had to watch yeah. the podcast, or I had to watch the uh, next movie for Patrick and I's podcast, so I didn't get a chance. And then I had to take the kids to lacrosse. Was it, wor- was it worth substituting that in? Over Fablemans? Uh, well, I haven't seen uh, Fablemans yet, of course, but uh, probably not. But, you know. Uh, is this a good 80s action movie or is this one going to score low? Um, it kind of depends on how you're feeling about bad movies. Um, <laughs> oh, it, is it bad that you like it? Like good, bad? Um, parts. Yeah, uh, it's Megaforce. If anybody's ever seen uh, Megaforce, they also did a How Did This Get Made podcast on Megaforce. Um, oh, man. It's it's an experience, that's for sure. Well, check that out on Monday. Well, no, Megaforce is not the one that's coming out on Monday. That's just the one, that's just the one that we recently recorded. No, Monday is going to be uh, First Blood. Oh, well, that's epic. I'm curious how you guys score that, though. I like that movie a lot, but... Shocker, it's going to be high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know if they're going to be snobby about this, but no, I love that. Oh, First Blood is an amazing movie. I think a lot of people don't realize that First Blood is is way more um, grounded, I feel like. Yeah, grounded, more dramatic. It is it is not. Doesn't he take a helicopter out with an, a bow and arrow, though? No, no. That You're probably thinking, too. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. Okay. The, the sequels is when it goes way more balls <laughs> to the wall action. Um, the first one is not 
like that. Yeah. I love it. I actually watched Rocky the other day. Speaking of Stallone, it was on Netflix Oh, with Creed coming out, you know? Yeah. I still need to see Creed three. Um, I saw scream six. I had that. I got that in. All right. Hot take real quick. What'd you think? There's stuff I liked, um, in it, but it kind of left me flat at the end. Um, was the new environment kind of a fun twist on the the genre, I feel like, or for that that franchise? I think it was definitely refreshing to not see it in like Woodsboro anymore. Um, mm-hmm. you know, doing the same thing again. I think they've they've done like three movies in Woodsboro now. Um I just feel like for me, having a system like a situation like that, they do a really good job in the trailer of being like, Oh, there's multiple people in ghost masks on a train that's super crowded. It's like being in a city where there's just so many people, I think it's a lot easier to get snuck up on mm-hmm. versus like, you know, at a house in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, to a degree, you would potentially see someone coming. Right. Whereas here, it's like you're never going to see it coming because it could be like you never know. Right. It's such a huge city. Yeah. Um, and and people in New York is famous for like if it happened anywhere else, people would be like, oh, my God, let's call the cops type of deal. In New York, you're like, eh, you know, crazy people, you know, and you just keep on walking. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely has some nice elements. I really like the the, you know, the opening and how it ends is always important for screen movies. I really like the opening. I like the backdrop. There were some cool deaths. Um but ending left me flat. And that's such a horror movie way of looking like and there's some cool deaths and like, oh, out of context. That sounds a little rough. Well, but. no, I mean, it's always fun to have eventful eventful kills. I'll say this one's a bit more. Um, I, I don't want to say gory, but it definitely shows a bit more than maybe previous screen movies would or at least more mm. recent previous screen movies would. So that I appreciated that, I guess. Yeah. But I was I was hoping for better, to be honest, but uh, it's doing well. It's doing really well. It's already like made more money than than many screen movies have already in recent times. Hey, uh, so another one's coming for sure. Yeah. And this is after the big upset of the pandemic. So, yeah. So, yeah, we and I still got to get Creed three in. we got uh, we got Shazam coming out. Yeah. And oh, I swear there's something another else. perfect example of a comic book movie. Yeah. Like that's a comic book movie. I'm excited. This new I like Joker sequel one. is not what you would think of as a comic book movie. No, I didn't really care for the first one either. But I'm excited for Shazam. I really enjoyed the first one as well. Yeah, I, that one looks like fun. I'm trying to think. There was something else that's coming out that I'm kind of forgetting about. And I'm blanking on. There's that new Guy Ritchie film that's coming out with Josh Hartnett, which he hasn't been in anything for a while. Yeah, he kind of disappeared, huh? Yeah, I wonder what happened there. Probably for bad reasons, knowing Hollywood. It's probably some dark, sad story. Probably. Um, cool. Well, on that awesome, super pleasant and not depressing note, <laughs> I think it's time for us to wrap this week's episode. Uh, quick reminder, ne- our next episode uh, will be Tales from the Set. Again, that will not be next week. That next week will be uh, Tim and Patrick's show, Film Bro Championship Podcast which you just heard here is going to be featuring first blood. So get their hot takes, see how it scores and against all the other 1982 films that they're currently going after. Uh, How many episodes have you guys figured out how many episodes you guys are going to end up doing for the first season? Um, I believe so. I don't know if I have it. uh, I know at the time we talked on this before you were kind of, it was up in the air a little bit. Well, I mean, we just recorded 17 um so let's see 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 episodes i believe wow you yeah so that's now that's 23 reviews yeah and then there would be a 24th episode essentially being the kind of like the grand finale who won correct yeah nice awesome well i'm excited it's a fun one man it's definitely a really cool it's the reason why i love podcasts because something as niche as that can have such a following and it's such a fun show. Like, I don't know. Like I'm a big fan for it. Yeah. It's been fun. And who doesn't love eighties action movies? I do. That's for sure. You know, the only bummer that Patrick and I have is, uh, that we got 1982 does not have a bond movie now, but you're going to have to curb your bias. That's why you guys have your rating system. Yeah, I guess. But even then I feel like you could still have some bias. Oh, there definitely is bias already. I mean, there's, there's a movie that (laughs) like Patrick and I probably score too favorably because we grew up watching it. And then, you know, 
there's other movies that, you know, since we didn't really grow up with it, we probably bashed more, you know, because we didn't have any so kind of So you heard it here first. It's so. rigged. It's a rigged system. No, I think we try our best at least. <laughs> there's a, we, We're pretty good, too, at, at kind of calling each other out on it. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll debate and argue our scores a bit sometimes. Uh, sometimes we're like, eh, we, we disagree here. Let's move on and we'll come back. And then we come back and we're like, oh, we ended up giving it the same score at the end. <laughs> We just kind of move some points around differently. So it works out. There's only one movie where we actually completely disagree and we'll have it on different Mm. rankings. Uh, It won't affect our top five, uh, but but yeah, there is there is one movie that'll come out later this season that we have. We completely disagree on. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, please show your support for this podcast by leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you happen to listen to or watch old episodes in our video format uh, of the show. Also, sharing with your friends never hurts. Be sure to follow us on social media to get the latest show updates. You can find us by searching for the hashtag Film As We Know It Pod or checking out our main account page at Throw the Knife Prod on Instagram as well as Twitter. Or Facebook. Once more, you can catch Tim as we've discussed and his brother Patrick on Film Bros Championship Podcast, which airs on the off weeks on Mondays for Falky. So anytime there's not a film as we know it episode that week, you can always get a Film Bros Championship Podcast. So you are getting weekly film entertainment. There you go. Uh, lastly, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Films We Know It Podcast. I've been Zach. You guys have a great week. Peace out, everyone.